all down right now and begin to pray for everybody. But just a few months ago when I was in a town called York, Nebraska, the Lord of Heaven spoke to me a word. And as he spoke to me that word, Bishop Powell drove past me on the street as I was out for my morning walk. And the Lord spoke to me and told me that word was for this church. He has ordained that today is the day for the word in this church. So while it would be easy to just invite you forward now, I would ask you to bear with me a few moments. I've got an assignment for the Lord, from the Lord. So if you could take your seats. I'm going to read a scripture. And I'm going to preach a little bit. And try not to be too long. But I promise what God is getting ready to do for you is well worth the wait. It's well worth whatever you have to endure these few moments as I preach this word. Our our text today is uh, John 11 and 14. Very briefly, but very sincerely, I give you honor, Bishop and Sister Powell, your sweet family, my friends at the Church of Omaha, great people of God. Thank you for receiving me. John 11 and 14. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. One more time, probably just for dramatic effect. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I'm going to speak to us for a little while a a subject that the Lord has placed in my spirit and titled, Something's Gotta Move. Come on, can we lift our hands and ask Him to have His way for just a moment? God, Your Word is above Your name. You exalted it there. It was before Your name. You forever settled it in heaven. It is Your plan that by this Word the lost are saved, the bound are set free. Those of us who love You grow to love You even more. We're asking You, God, to anoint us to receive it. Have Your way these next few moments and cause this Word to bear fruit that your name would be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Give him a hand clap as you're seated because he's worthy. It's a very long story that begins the 11th chapter of John. It's 44 verses and for the sake of time and everybody's patience, I'm going to paraphrase. Jesus loved Lazarus. Lazarus was Jesus' friend. And so the word came to him that Lazarus was sick. And and the word even goes so far as to say that that Jesus loved Lazarus and his family. And and therefore, it says, which means because, because he loved them. He abode two more days in the place where he was. He waited until that sickness took its toll on Lazarus's body, and Lazarus was dead and buried. And so our text finds us today as Jesus was attempting to explain to his apostles, his disciples, that they were going to Bethany because uh, Lazarus was sleeping, and they were like, well, that sounds pretty good. I could use a nap myself right now. And he said, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, Lazarus is dead. 
so they go and and they encounter the the the, the different folks they they encounter uh, Mary and Martha as as they're making their way there for for Jesus to do this great miracle that we all know because we know the story and 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 he deals with the with their unbelief and their impatience and and he tells them he tells them hey I'm, I am the resurrection there's nothing so dead that I can't bring it back somebody needs to hear me in this place today there's nothing in your life that's so far gone that Jesus can't resurrect for the purpose of his kingdom. He's in the resurrection business. He is the resurrection. I, I feel in the Holy Ghost there's life coming into some dead things in the church of Omaha today. So I'll pick up the scripture again and Verse number 30, 38, it says, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. He said it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said, I want you to do something for me. He said, I know there's a great need and, and that what you're seeing and feeling right now is the effects of death, but I want you to do something for me. And, and his sister, Lazarus' sister's reaction was much like many of us whenever we're called of the Lord to do something. Well, Lord, let me just give you a good reason why I can't do that. He stinks. It's going to be messy. It's going to be unpleasant. The cost is going to be too great for me to do what you're asking me to do, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Did I not already tell you that if you'd believe you'll see the glory of God today? Hear me in this church. If you'll believe God you'll see His glory descend on this place and on you in a way today that's going to liberate, that's going to transform, that's going to get you past looking at all the reasons why you can't do what it is that God's put in front of this church to do. I wish I was somewhere where you believed what I was saying. I said, if you'll believe, and you'll sacrifice your comfort and let Him have His way, the glory of God is not only going to be revealed to you, it's going to be revealed in this city through you. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I, I thank you because you've heard me and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people that stand by, I said it so that they can believe that you have sent me. And when he had spoken thus, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. So just to recap and, and to sum up a little bit and, and to help you understand what God put in my spirit on that day in York. 
Here was a great need. Here was great loss. Here was death staring in the face of the people that loved the Lord. There was a great need. There was a great and mighty and marvelous work that Jesus went there to do that none of them had ever seen before. But before he could do it, prior to the working of the miracle, necessary for the culmination of the words that he spoke, something had to move. There was something in that situation between the words of the master and the working of the miracle. There was something in that place that was standing in the way of God doing what he came to do. And he told them, roll away the stone. And they rolled it away. And the miracle was done. And when that man came forth, he said, he's still bound. I want you to get over there and take them grave clothes off of him. Hear me, church of Omaha. There's a mighty work in this city none of us have ever seen the likes there is a work that God has for the people under the sound of my voice but for it to happen something's got to move I said for God to have his way and you to complete what he's called you to do something has to move Well, let me go ahead and say it a different way. It's us. We got to move. The time is... (laughs) Bishop walked down so much of what I was going to preach today. I was so thankful for the way that he set me up. I just want to tell you, when Jesus said the time is coming, and even now is, it now is. The time now is. The time is long past for sitting by and letting somebody else do it. The time is long past for staying comfortable and giving the Lord excuses why I can't work according to His instruction. The time now is for a group of people on Sunday morning under the sound of my voice to take up the charge. God is doing a mighty thing in these last days, but my part is something's got to move. Clap your hands to the Lord all over this place. Tell Him you believe it. In Mark chapter 5, we find the story of a man who had a great need. Again, something he had never seen anybody do. I want to explain to y'all something. We read these stories, and we know Jesus on the back end of the Gospels. We know him on the back end of the Gospels. They knew Jesus by a rumor. They knew Jesus because there was supposed to be somebody come that was God manifest in the flesh. But for 400 years they had waited. And all they had to go on was a rumor and an antique, archaic word that had been spoken well over 400 years ago. Come on, let me tell you something. That's where faith works. Faith works when it don't look like what it was spoken. But I'm here to tell you right now that when this word was written, it was just as powerful and quick and sharp as it is in this place today. The message has not changed. What is being called to change in this place today is me and you. 
Jairus just knew him by a rumor. And in verse 21 of chapter 5 of the book of Mark, it said that there was a ruler of the synagogue, and again, I'm going to paraphrase for time's sake. There was a ruler of the synagogue, and his child lay sick near unto death. And he came to see the master, and he said, look, I know. He didn't know it because he had seen it already. He didn't know it because God spoke and told him. He knew it by faith. Come on, I challenge you in this place to know by faith God's talking to you today. I challenge you to know that the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that were promised to follow the church wasn't for the other people sitting on these pews. It's for you. He was talking about you. He was talking about you and you and you. I'm challenging you to take up some Jairus-type faith today and say, I hadn't seen it yet, but this book says it and I believe it. So in verse 36 it says, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Don't be afraid, just believe. I'm going to stop right here and tell you a little story I was telling last night. I just came from a place where, where a family left the faith that they were born into. They were Amish. And, and there's only one right way. The way that they're raised and, and they don't agree with the way that we do things. But somebody had reached out to them with the truth and, and they had received it. And when they received it, they did just like those disciples on the shore of that lake. They left everything behind to go after it. And they came into this truth. And they're leading people into this truth. And they're great soul winners. And God is using them mightily. But there was a point where he had to choose faith over fear. New is uncomfortable. Change sometimes waves the cost in our face. You can be what God called you to be, but you're going to have to let go of so much. Let me tell you something. The devil is a liar. And there's nothing that I've left behind in living for God that I want back. There's nothing from my old life. There's nothing that I've had to sacrifice to walk in the calling of God that he hasn't replaced with better. And I'm trying to tell a group of people here today, if you'll answer the call and you'll walk in what God is asking us to do, not only will he do a miracle through the church, he's going to do countless miracles in your life that's going to make the walk worth it. Verse 37 said he suffered no man to follow him except for Peter and James and John. Let me tell you something. For God to have his way in your life, some things have to move and some people have to go. Jesus only took who he knew would go all the way with him. It's the same three people he took up on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's the same three people that he took to his most dire hour in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying. To go where God is calling this church, there's some people that are going to have to go from our lives. There are some people that are not going to speak faith when God is asking you to do something crazy. There are some people that are going to speak fear. 
There are some people that are going to say, look, it's better to be comfortable than it is to, to have egg on your face and be wrong about what called you, God called you to do. It always gets quiet when I say that there are people that got to be cut out of our lives. That same, that same man that left that Amish faith was having lunch after service with an evangelist and telling the stories of all the miracles that he was doing. And that evangelist said, man, I need the miracles in my life. And he looked at him square in the face and said, are you willing to give up everything to get it? Come on, check your heart today. We say we love God. We say that we want what he offers. We say... We say that we want the miracles and signs and wonders and we want to be a part of this last day outpouring. But are we willing to move everything out of the way to let it happen? Verses 39 and 40. And when he was coming in, he said unto them, Why do you make this ado? What's all this fuss about? She's not dead. She's just asleep. And the word says that they laughed him to scorn. So he said, all right, you got to go. Unbelief has got to go. Unbelief has got to move. Come on, the church for too long has sat still because we think, we believe that those promises are for other folks sitting down the road. They're for another church down the road. You see, I know about our, fall, our flaws and our failures. And because of that, I want to believe that that's not for me. Let me tell you something right now. Your failures, your flaws, your mistakes, everything you've done before right now or are going to do before he comes back to get us cannot overpower the blood and the will of Jesus Christ this word is for you God is doing a mighty thing and he wants to include you but for that to happen something's got to move today Verse 41 and 42 said, He took the damsel by the hand, and he said unto her hard words, which being interpreted means, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose. You see, something's got to move. And it's not something outside of me. Something in me's got to move. For God to do what it is he promised to do, in and through me something's got to move and that's my faith my faith has got to move just like his faith was moving when he told them people you think you know what you're seeing but you're wrong get out of here and watch what's about to happen and he took that damsel that cold lifeless hand and he said under that dead situation that nobody had ever seen fixed before arise arise Come on, somebody's faith needs to move in this place today. Somebody needs to take that dead prayer life and say, arise. Ah, you're going to be effectual and fervent again. Come on, somebody needs to say to that devotion time that you've let pass because you're too busy taking care of the cares of this world. You're going to live again. My time with God is not going to suffer because of the things of the world pulling at me. This world is going to have to take its place because my time with God is paramount. Prayer life, you're going to live again. Come on, arise right now. Lift your hands all over this place. 
Come on, commit to God right now. Commit to God right now. Your prayer life is going to live. Come on, somebody tell that prayer life, arise. You see, the prayer life has to arise for these promises and prophecies to happen. Not because God needs us to do anything. He's God. He can do whatever He wants. But He has ordained that through just plain old flesh like you and me, that His glory will be revealed when we choose to partner with His promise. When we choose to participate in the prophecy, God's going to be glorified and what he said is going to come to pass. Let me tell you something. God lives outside of time. From the very beginning, every one of these things was declared in God. So what's missing is my participation. What's not happening yet is my partnership with God. What's lacking from the promises and prophecies that God is going to work in me is that I haven't moved what needs to be moved yet. Something's got to move. Come on, please catch it and don't get left behind. Let me tell you something right now. Bishop Powell's message in first hour this morning about windows of opportunity, God had already dealt with me to speak to you about. Sometimes there's not an open door. Sometimes it's a window, which means it requires a little bit more of our effort to get into it. Well, what does that mean? That means when ain't nobody coming to the church asking what's this thing y'all got going on, that means I'm on my knees in prayer, crying and fasting. God, turn on the light. The Word says nobody can come to Him except the Spirit draw Him. How many people would commit today to hit your knees every day and intercede that God would turn on the light for the people in this city? Let me tell you why it's important that we do that. We're not always guaranteed to have an open door or a window. In fact, Psalm 103 says that he'll not always chide with man. Neither will he keep his anger forever. What's that mean? That means that I can twiddle my thumbs and be inactive and wait on somebody else to do it and refuse to move what needs to be moved and the door or the window can be closed. You don't believe that about God? He told them before He ascended into heaven, go and wait until you receive power from on high. Because when you get it, you're going to be my witnesses and it's going to start in Jerusalem. Then it's going to go to Judea. And then it's going to go to Samaria. And then it's going to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, the plan was never for them to get saved and sit in Jerusalem and be comfortable. The plan was never for them to create a Pentecostal social club where we meet twice a week and check off the list of church and being nice to folks at least two days and feel saved. He said, you're going to be my witnesses. 
And then he proved that if we aren't, he's going to find somebody who will. Seven years later, they were still sitting in Jerusalem. And the word says that God caused a persecution to come upon the church. And they were all scattered. And when Jerusalem wouldn't take up the call, he had some crazy uh, uh, new believers that gathered at Antioch. And Antioch became the center of evangelism of the old world. That's where the missionary journeys were launched out from. Well, that's a good story. No, I'm trying to tell you right now that the visitation, the opportunity, the open door, the open window, it's here and it's now. And if we don't step through it, God's going to find a church. God's going to find some people that don't look like me, some people that don't quite talk like me, some folks that aren't bought into everything I'm bought into, but they're bought into souls. And they're bought into doing what God said do. And they're going to turn this world upside down. But it can be us. It can be the people in this church today. It can be the people of Omaha that God sent me to this morning. He's trying to tell you, I'm doing something. It's happening now. I want you to be a part, but something's got to move. Clap your hands to the Lord all over this place. Something's got to move, and that something is me. In the 14th chapter of Matthew, we find God doing something else that had never been done before. It's amazing. I love when he does that. They were in the middle of a storm, and the Lord comes walking across the sea in the middle of the storm, and they're flipping out, and they think it's a ghost. And he said, chill, it's me. And Peter said, if it's really you, then tell me to come out onto this water. And so he said, well, come on then. And Peter stepped out of the boat. And the Bible says that Peter walked on the water. Listen, I don't even want to walk on the water, but you got to admit that's pretty cool. It was something that only God could do. And there was nothing holding him back. He asked in faith. The Lord answered he moved himself out of the boat. And then the Bible says he saw the winds boisterous. Or he saw the sea boisterous. And he felt the wind. And immediately he began to sink. You see, focus on what was going on around him in the world stole his faith. We say, I want a book of Acts church. I want a book of Acts revival. I want a first century outpouring. But we'll never have it as long as we're afraid of the cost to our flesh. We'll never have it as long as what we see going on around us gets in between us and walking in what God has called us to. Something's got to move for this outpouring to happen. And that something is our fascination with what's going on in the world. That's why he said, love not the world, neither the things of the world. For if anyone loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can have it one way. You can have a guaranteed good life down here. Or you can have what God promised and prophesied. Something's got to move. 
the 37th chapter of Ezekiel, we all know the story very well. Or we should, and if we don't, talk to me afterwards and I'll, I'll catch you up. But God asked Ezekiel to do a couple of things. He asked Ezekiel to prophesy to a valley full of dry bones. Before he asked him to prophesy, though, he asked him a really hard question. Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, O Lord God, thou knowest. You know. I don't know, God, they look pretty dead. They're dry. It's a big old pile of them. But he answered in faith. God, if you say they can live, they can live. To me, it looks impossible. But to you, all things are possible. Come on, something's got to move for that promised revival of the end times. Something's got to move in here for the work that God wants to do in Omaha. Something's got to move on my part. It's got to be my participation. It's got to be my partnership with God. And what's got to move is my mouth. Come on, if you've been born again, the same spirit that was upon Ezekiel when he told those bones to live and they were covered up with sinews and flesh and the spirit filled them. If you've been born again, that spirit lives in you. This is not just a cool story to prove the omnipotence of God. This is a pattern for what God filled man with his spirit for so that we could speak to what's dead and life can come into it. So that we could speak to the impossible and the glory of God can be revealed when it happens. Something's got to move in this place today. I want to tell you something. I'm, I'm about to wrap up. We can all stand. I want to tell you something today. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think, unto him be glory forever. Hang on. According to the power that worketh in us, according to his spirit working in us, he can do whatever you can imagine according to His Spirit working. Since according to that Spirit that was all over you just a minute ago, God can do anything. He can do anything. Oh, it doesn't sound like I'm in a church that believes that. Do you believe that God can do anything? stood on a platform with no voice in the Philippines and I did an awful job of preaching the gospel by telling my story Danny was there he saw it and 50 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost I was in a meeting a pastor friend of mine called me and asked me if I would come and help pray with folks in the altar at a, a, a ladies conference that he does every September and I went down there and the lady preacher preached her guts out and God filled 30 people with the Holy Ghost and I said all that to say this no matter who or how bad the preacher is no matter where you are or where you've been you can receive the Holy Ghost today 
A lot of those people had already received the Holy Ghost. They received the Holy Ghost again. Just like in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts. It can happen for you today. But something's got to move. I went in a, a hospital room where a saint of God who had spent his entire life serving the Lord man who was a doctor he was very well respected he was a theologian and a teacher and a soul winner lay gasping for air brain not working he was dead but his body wouldn't quit and I went and I prayed for the family and I went over there and I laid my hand on that man's head and I began to pray with the understanding and I prayed everything I could think of and then I began to pray in the spirit and as I prayed in the spirit and I looked upon him, tears began to stream out of his eyes. And as I continued to pray in the spirit, his mouth opened up and he began to pray in the spirit. And before I left that room, that man, those doctors had declared dead. Rose and called his daughter and granddaughter by name and asked for a drink of water. There's nothing so dead in here today that Jesus can't resurrect it. That's ministries, that's relationships, that's fire to walk in what God's called you to do. It doesn't matter how dead it feels or looks. God can resurrect it in this place today. Maybe you're new around here or you're new to the faith. And I want to tell you about what had to move in my life to get from that place where I was just walking through the door to where I could tell you those amazing stories this morning. Something had to move out of God's way, and it was me. You see, I came up rough, and I was a sinner, and I was a drug addict, and I was an alcoholic, and I was a thief, and I walked in that church guilty of every one of those things. And when that word was preached, I felt the conviction of those sins and I wanted to know what it took right what it took for me to get right with God and that man told me the same thing that was told to the group of new believers on the birthday of the glorious church that we're a part of today he said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost get everybody to bow your head and close your eyes and I do this for two reasons one is so that I'll know how to pray and who to pray with and one is so that nosy people don't have things to talk about after church if you're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost the evidence of which is always speaking with other tongues just like they did in the book of Acts but you want to receive the Holy Ghost today. You believe it's for you. You believe God's going to do it, and you'd like to receive it today. Would you slip a hand in the air right now? If you'd like to receive the Holy Ghost today, would you just lift a hand in the air? Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. If you've received the Holy Ghost, and you know that you got to have it to walk out the door and go to Walmart, and you just want to be renewed in the Holy Ghost, God's here to do that for you today. If you'd like a refilling in the Holy Ghost, would you lift a hand in the air today? Oh, I'm in the right place. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Now, if you're here today 
and you know that you've got to be moved out of the way for God to have his way in your life. You know that you've never obeyed that gospel just like it was explained to me and I explained it to you just a minute ago. You've never repented of your sins or been baptized in his precious name. And you'd like to do that today. It doesn't make you a member of any church except for the church of the Almighty God. All it does is put you in covenant with Him and wash away every one of your sins. If you're here today and you'd like to have your sins washed away in the name of Jesus, would you lift a hand in the air? You ain't got nothing to lose but your guilt. You've got everything to gain. Heaven is promised if we repent and are baptized and live a holy life according to the power that we'll receive. If you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name today, just lift a hand in the air. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Now, if you have a need in your body, you need a miracle. Go ahead and open your eyes and lift your hand. If you have a need in your body and you've got faith that God's going to do it, you just know something's got to move, then come on and move out of where you're sitting right now and come join me right here in the front. God is in this place. I know that you've all felt that. If you have a need in your body, don't be afraid. Don't let fear of what other people are thinking get in the way of your miracle. Come join me right over here. Thank you. Hey, can the rest of us give a hand to those that have courage to come down front? Come on, come stand right over here. God's getting ready to do a work in your life, sis. I see the anointing of the Holy Ghost all over you. God's getting ready to do a work. Thank you for stepping out in faith. Thank you for stepping out in faith. If you got a need in your body and you got faith, God's going to do it. Come right over here. For those of you that lifted your hands a few moments ago when I said, would you like to receive the Holy Ghost today? Would you please join me right down front, right here? Come on, don't be afraid. The only thing that can get in the way of God doing it is you refusing to move. When you lifted your hand a moment ago, you told me that you wanted to receive the Holy Ghost. Would you step out in faith right now and come meet me right here? Come on, can we give them a hand clap in faith? God can do it. Even if you just said you wanted a refilling, come on, step out in faith and come down here. Let me pray with you. I'm telling you right now, God's getting ready to change people's lives by refilling them with the Holy Ghost. Come meet me right down front. This right here, this is the Holy Ghost section. place and you know that the way that you've been walking is not all God has for you and you know that when I said something's got to move God was talking to you and you want to move out of the way and invite God to do whatever it is that he wants to do in your life step out of where you are right now and come join me right down front come on 
Come on, we're not guaranteed another window. We're not guaranteed another door. We're not guaranteed we're ever going to get this invitation again. I'm telling you right now, the day of salvation, the day of the visitation of the Lord, the day that something's got to move is right now. Oh, that there would be people under the sound of my voice that would step out in faith and answer the call. Come on, we're going to move ourselves out of the way right now. Come on, just begin to, to repent right now. What that means is you're going to tell God, I know that I am guilty of sin and I am turning from it. But I don't want you to tell him in my words. I want you to tell him in your words. Tell him right now, God, I've been guilty and I repent. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me right now for every time that I've had a hard word or a hard thought against people that you died to save. God, I repent right now for thinking that you can do whatever you want to do in everybody else's life, but I try to limit you by my mistakes. I repent, God, for not moving my laziness and my preoccupation with the things of this world out of your way so that your prophecy and your promise can come true in my life. God, please forgive me. God, I repent. I'm going to be who you called me to be. I'm going to walk where you called me to walk. I'm going to do and say those things that you tell me to do and say. Come on, let the sound of your repentance rise. It's a sweet-smelling savor. God loves it. That's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, repent, repent before the Lord. for his forgiveness right now thank you for your forgiveness Lord he went to that cross and died in your place so that he could give you the forgiveness that you just asked for hang on just a minute I'm going to speak the word of faith and when I speak the word of faith you are going to respond by joining me in saying amen and after I speak this word of faith and I say amen Everybody's going to lift their hands. And I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, we're going to begin to say hallelujah. And the reason that we're going to do that is it's the highest praise. It's not just me praising the Lord. It's me commanding everything around me to praise the Lord. So as we begin to give Him praise after the word of faith, the Spirit of God is going to begin to move. Those miracles that we're asking Him for are going to be done. That renewing in the spirit that you step forward, it's going to happen. That thing that you need to move out of the way, God's going to give you power to walk over it in His name. Do you believe that? On the authority of the word of Almighty God and in the power of the name of Jesus, I command healing to be done in this place miraculously and without any doubt that it was the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command right now filling and refilling of the Holy Ghost in the minds and the hearts of the people that are in here. God, confirm your word with the sign of tongues being spoken in your name. I command right now that every hindrance to the work of the gospel in the church of Omaha is being put to death as we move in obedience to the word of the Lord. And it's all done to your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And every faithful believer said, Amen. Come on, lift your hands all over this house. I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I want you to let that praise come out of you with all the force that you have. One, two, three. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on. Come on, let a roar go up to God. Come on, let that praise go up to God. God's doing it right now. God's doing it right now.